Hello everyone, I'm Nick Peters, and this is the Deeper Waters Podcast, seeking to bring you the very best in scholarship and apologetics. And today we've got a very interesting show lined up, a one we've never done a show like this before. So it's going to be a little experiment, so if the sound quality sometimes isn't the best, please understand it. Um, I'm not a technological guy, so I'm just doing what I can here. But last week, we interviewed Lynn Wilder, author of Unveiling Grace, talking about that book and how she came out of Mormonism. And we had hoped we'd have her son Micah and the rest of them for but unfortunately Micah has a sickness of sorts. He thinks it could be strep throat, last I heard. But we've got the rest of the band here. Let me go ahead and tell you about these guys. First off, while Mike is not here, I will tell you, he grew up in Yorktown, Indiana, raised in a Mormon religion. At 14, his family moved to Alpine, Utah, where he continued to grow in zeal towards this religion. By 2004, this 19-year-old young man took his dedication and zeal for Mormonism to Orlando, Florida, where he would spend the next 23 months representing the Mormon church as a missionary. In Florida, a Christian minister challenged Micah to read the Bible as a child, hoping to validate Mormonism through the Bible and prove this minister wrong. Micah read the Bible vigorously for a period of about 18 months. During this process, God opened his eyes to the truth of the gospel, and he chose to testify to the gospel of the grace of God in front of a mass of Mormon missionary peers. <coughs> Micah's LDS leadership sent him back to Utah early from his LDS mission as a result, but his life was just beginning as a missionary for Jesus Christ. In early 2006, Micah left Mormonism, family, and career pursuits for Jesus. He has served with Adams Road Ministry since 2006, where he has a zeal for passionately sharing the gospel and love of Jesus Christ through testimony and music. He resides in Winter Garden, Florida, is married to Alicia Wilder, and is a proud father of three boys. Next, we're going to go to his brother, Matt. Matt Wilder was raised as a Mormon in Yorktown, Indiana. He spent a couple of years in Utah before serving as a two-year LDS mission in Denmark. After his mission, Matt pursued studies at Brigham Young University as a pianist. While at BYU, his younger brother Micah was released early from his two-year LDS mission trip for testifying of the biblical Jesus. Micah then shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with Matt and encouraged him to read the Bible. As Matt read the Bible, he was eased of the burden of trying to earn God's forgiveness and came to realize and accept the free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone. He walked away from BYU to join Adams Road Ministry, where he has served since 2006. He married Nicole Wilder in 2006. They have one daughter. Matt enjoys sharing the gospel message through music and testimony. So before we go next one, Matt, could you say hi to the audience here? Hi. Okay, good to have you aboard here. <laughs> Let's go to your brother-in-law, Joseph Warren. Joseph Warren grew up in Kaysville, Utah, in an LDS Mormon home. In 2004, he left home at age 19 to serve a two-year Mormon mission in Florida. While in Florida, Joseph was challenged to read the Bible as a child. He had considered himself to be a good and righteous person. As we read the Bible, however, God convicted Joseph of his sin. Yet he also learned about God's grace and a beautifully simple gospel message of Jesus Christ. As a result, he would walk away from the Mormon church for a personal and saving relationship with Jesus Christ in 2006. Have a pair of damaging relationships with his LDS family, members, and friends. Singer and songwriter Joseph Warren currently serves the Adams Road Ministry in Winter Garden, Florida. He has a heart for glorifying God for his musical gifts and his testimony of God's grace. He married Katie Warren in 2007. So, Joseph, are you there also? Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to have you here. And finally, the newest member of the group is Jonathan Paul. 
who would go by the name of J.P. J.P. Garrison spent the bulk of his childhood years in Chattanooga, Tennessee. At seven, he accepted Jesus Christ into his life. He knew the grace of God and felt as if he was growing in his Christian walk. As a teenager, he served on a worship team at his local church and had a passion for both music and film. In his late teens, J.P. felt as though he was becoming disenchanted with certain aspects of a Christian religion. After high school, he attended Regent University at Virginia Beach for film. He also began seriously investigating the Mormon Church. After three years of investigation, J.P. was baptized into the LDS Church at age 20. In the spring of 2013, he also joined the Mormon missionary ranks in Hawaii. While on his LDS mission, God pursued him, reminding him of a grace he once knew as a Christian in many ways. For example, J.P. read Unveiling Grace, then Wilder's account of leaving Mormonism for Jesus. Through this book, he connected with the Adams Road ministry and was encouraged to follow Jesus regardless of a worldly cost. J.P.'s prodigal journey met a joyful ending as he left Mormonism and returned to his former faith. He joined the Adams Road ministry in the fall of 2014. He is a singer and songwriter for the group. J.P. has a powerful testimony about God's unfailing love and relentless pursuit for his children. So, J.P., are you there? I am. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. Now, uh, Matt, let's start with uh, the story of Micah here, since he's not here, unfortunately. To give it. How how is he doing, by the way? He's hanging in there. Last I heard, he's come down with something and been bedridden the last few days. But uh, he's heading to the doctor today, so hopefully they'll figure it out and he'll get better soon. We've been praying for him, though. And I encourage the the Deeper Waters audience to be praying for for Micah as well. So we appreciate that. So Micah goes on this trip, and one of the stories we hear is he actually gets before the Mormon audience of his fellow missionaries at the end of his mission service, and tells them Jesus is all they need, and speaks about the cross of Christ. Is that right? Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Um, Micah had been challenged by his Mormon leadership to focus on five aspects of a Mormon testimony, which included Jesus, but it also included extra biblical teachings that they believed were necessary to have a sure foundation and a safe, um, secure understanding uh, of your salvation. Mm -hmm. And one of these things being that you had to testify of the Book of Mormon, you had to testify of Joseph Smith, the, the religion's founder, that yep. you had to testify of the current Mormon prophet, and you had to testify of, of all these things, uh, one of them being Jesus. And Micah uh, was compelled after uh, God had uh, changed his life and changed his heart through reading the Bible uh, to testify of Jesus Christ alone. And so he got up in front of, I'm not sure how many, at least 50, maybe 80 missionaries, and uh, just uh, clearly expressed the gospel of Jesus Christ and the sufficiency uh, of Jesus Christ alone and saving him and that his salvation was secure in Jesus Christ alone and in no other way. And uh, independent of his religion or the Mormon authority, he knew he was saved because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross for him. Isn't it kind of sad that the so-called Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gets concerned when someone gets up and starts talking about Jesus the most? Yeah, it seems ironic, especially since the name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yep. I think part of it may be from uh, the authoritative perspective they feel threatened, because if Jesus is all you need, then 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 they're losing their control over their membership. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Matt, when he when uh, Micah comes back, you're one of the people that he talks to, then, aren't you? 
Yes. Now, yes. I'm sure as soon as he told you that he was skeptical of Mormonism, you were immediately right there and thinking, by golly, this is, if my brother was skeptical of Mormonism, I should be skeptical of it too, right? <laughs> well, I wish it, it was that smooth of a transition for me, but no, I mean, I, I, I had been raised in Mormonism, and, and I had a heart for defending Mormonism, and I was a, a prideful guy. And I believed that um, Mormonism was the truth. In fact, I had spent two years, um, I had literally traveled land and sea to try to gain converts to Mormonism. Now, if you know in Matthew 23, it says that, uh, uh, speaking of the Pharisees, some of the things they would do and some of the woes, and one of them being that they would even travel land and sea to try to make converts, even even making uh, those uh, twice as much of children of hell as, as themselves. And that was what I was doing. But I was so zealous for Mormonism. I was in Denmark for two years, and I, I returned back to Utah, and I was attending BYU, and Micah got sent home off his two-year Mormon mission trip. And I was shocked, honestly. And so my my intention with approaching him was, as, as an older brother, uh, with love and concern, and pr protection for him wanting to uh, understand why he got sent home and see if I could be there to help him um, through this process and, and remind him of the, the Mormonism gospel. So Now, when you talk about your zealousness for Mormonism, I'm curious, did you ever experience the so-called burning in the bosom? <laughs> uh, yes, I did, actually. Um, it says in um, the Mormon uh, scriptures, they believe in, uh, in, in addition to the Bible, they believe in some other books of scripture or other books that they revere as scripture. Uh, and in uh, one of these books in the Book of Mormon, it, it basically says that if you pray uh, with sincerity, you can know uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit um, that the Book of Mormon is true, that Mormonism is true. And then and one of their other books of Revelation and the Doctrine and Covenants, it actually does say, as you mentioned, that you can receive a burning of the bush and you should study it out in your mind. And if these things are so true that you will feel a burning in your bosom. And so I did do that with all sincerity, um, uh, studied the Book of Mormon, studied the things, pondered the things of Mormonism, and truly felt that I had received a spiritual witness, um, being in particular also a, a burning in the bosom, that yes, Mormonism was the truth and that I was going to zealously uh, uh, defend it and go out there and spread it. Yeah, one of the reasons I ask about that is because I have heard from some ex-Mormons have become Christians now that indeed the burning of bosom is something real and when you have it they say it's one of the most awesome experiences you ever have. Yeah and it, I mean it can be and it was the same uh, type of thing um, Mormonism uh, they have temples and it's a temple is supposed to be a very sacred and a special place that you kind of earn your right to enter into mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you have this mentality you have this mindset that it's it's God dwells there, and you work in order to get there, and when you finally get in there, um, it's almost a psycho psychological thing as well, but it was the same kind of experience when I went into the Mormon temple. There was definitely something there. Was, there was definitely a spiritual manifestation for me, uh, but then, uh, you know, as the Bible says in 1 John 4, 1, you have to test all things, however, to know whether they are from God, because yeah, most false prophets have gone out into the world. And obviously, with uh, hindsight, now I can look back and understand that you just can't follow your heart. You just can't go on feelings or spiritual manifestations alone, because if you do that, uh, you are likely to uh, be deceived, because uh, God's word is eternal. It's infallible. It's inspired. Um, and it's, it's complete. 
And so that needs to be our first source of inspiration um, that does whatever we feel, does whatever we experience, conform to God's revealed and eternal word. Now, I'm guessing when you approached your brother, part of it was also the sense of trying to rescue him, that maybe he'd fallen into the temptations of a devil and you had to get him out, right? Yes, and, and in fact, I'll give you a little bit of the mindset of my mother. Uh, my mother grew up actually Christian, or I, I don't want to say she was a Christian, but she grew up in the Christian kind of setting, uh, in, a, in a Methodist setting. And so a lot of these uh, doctrines uh, that Michael was coming to learn through reading the Bible, she was familiar with because she had learned those growing up. But, but her attitude was kind of the attitude that, that I kind of adopted as well, was kind of this rolling your eyes, uh, uh, looking down at, um, oh, oh this, is, this is Christianity, this is okay, this is good, but it's just a part of the whole truth. And, and it's like, it was like Micah had reverted from something that was so superior to biblical Christianity back to something that my parents uh, had converted, converted away from into Mormonism. And so, yeah, I definitely had this sense of wanting to rescue Micah and, and be there as an older brother to um, remind him of, of the truths of Mormonism and that there was more uh, to it than just Jesus and just the Bible. And that, that's probably something that led to you accepting his challenge, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, it, to be honest, uh, uh, I, I didn't believe the book of Hebrews um, would do anything but support uh, my understanding of, of prophets and priesthood as, I, as was my foundation through Mormonism. And I was really shocked because one of the first things I was challenged to do was to read the book of Hebrews. And I thought for sure that would um, complement everything I understood about Mormonism's understanding or, or, or uh, doctrines of, of prophets, the role of prophets, temples, the role of temples and priesthood, and the role of priesthood, and, and what they call the new covenant. And obviously, from a Christian perspective, we understand that the old law was completely fulfilled in Jesus Christ, but I came to learn that as I was reading, for example, the book of Hebrews. But I did go in there with a mindset that, yes, the Bible teaches uh, that you're saved by grace, through faith, and through works. I thought it was both. I thought I thought I understood James 2 and that that's all I needed to know and that the rest of the Bible clearly um, just reconciled with James 2. Um, but I came to learn how James 2 truly reconciled with some of the other verses. And I was actually taken away and surprised um, uh, by how, how many times the New Testament reiterated grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ as biblical Christianity um, um, explains it to be. Now, had you ever really read the Bible before, or had you only pretty much read what parts the Mormon church said you could? Yes, I actually had read the entire Bible as a Mormon. Uh, when you grow up in Mormonism, you take seminary classes, and you actually um, get up before school, and you spend like an hour studying um, a particular um book every year one year is the old testament and you know you have your four years of high school freshman sophomore junior and senior year and so one year would be the old testament one year the new testament another year the book of mormon another year uh, the other teachings of mormonism and so i was familiar somewhat through that with the bible but but as you mentioned 
they did pick and choose what they wanted to teach you and how they wanted to understand what was being taught. Now, when I was at Brigham Young University, you were also required to take some religion courses every semester, a class that focused on a particular aspect of Mormonism. And again, you would do a semester of Old Testament, a semester of New Testament, a semester of the Book of Mormon. And through those classes, I did actually get through the entire New Testament. In addition, when I was a Mormon missionary, I read through the entire New Testament cover to cover. And so you can ask yourself, how could I have read the New Testament as a Mormon that many times and not understood it or still uh, believed that it supported Mormonism? And I think it really just comes down to um, the God of this world blinding the, the eyes of the non-believers. And um, that it, it was only when God had chose chosen to reveal himself to me and to unveil his grace to me that uh, those things were open to me. But it had to do with uh, me deciding also by the grace of God to read the Bible as a child and take an approach that I didn't already know everything, but that there was something in God's word that could be taught to me as opposed to going in there with this preconceived idea that I knew everything that needed to be known and that Mormonism had the truth. So I had to... Um, uh, Put everything I knew about Mormonism kind of on the shelf and say, okay, let's lay that aside and let's just read the Bible as a child without all these other things in my mind and 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 let's see see what I come to know and what I come to understand. Now, when you did the study, you also didn't do it alone, did you? No, I didn't. I uh, I was uh, bouncing ideas off both my parents and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, my girlfriend Nicole, she was also attending BYU. And she was a Mormon at the time. She's now my wife, and she is also a biblical Christian. But we were bouncing ideas off each other as we read in the Bible, and we were seeing um, we were seeing certain aspects. Um, for example, of, of Matthew 23, uh, talking about the Pharisees and some of those woes and some of the the things that Jesus warned against. Uh, we were seeing um, how that was applicable in our own lives and the things that I was doing and the things in the Mormon Church around me. And so God was opening my eyes to some of these negative aspects of Mormonism at the same time um, was clearly revealing to me uh, what the gospel was. And, and for example, in passages like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Now, we could uh, keep going on this way, and I'm going to soon, but as uh, our listeners hopefully know by now, Adam's World, the ministry that you all have founded together, is a traveling band that does do some music. And we're going to be playing a song now, and they're going to be playing it through a CD. We can't do a live performance naturally since Micah's not there for one thing. And we've never done this before, so I hope everyone that it works out well here. But what's the first song you have for us? And tell us a little about uh, how it came and what, what you really want us to get out of it. Uh, yeah, so this is Joseph here. Um, the first song we're going to play for you, it's, it's from our brand new album called It's So Simple. And the song itself is called It's So Simple. And uh, it's just, uh, really, we just want to get have you take out of it is that uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is just simple. And, and it's easy for children to understand. It's easy for uh, everyone to understand, though it's hard to accept because uh, it's hard to let go of your works and stuff. But so this song just kind of outlines that. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about how you can find our music, but you can get all of it for free on our website. You can download it for free, which yeah. is uh, adamsroadministry.com. That will come at a later time. We'll make sure it gets out. Who wrote the song? Uh, we all write the songs together. Uh -huh. um, 
and we just uh, really try to make everything really scriptural. Um, uh, but this just definitely speaks to, uh, you know, um, somebody's asked uh, asked Jesus, how, what what should they do to do the works of of God, works of the Father? And Jesus responds that the works the works of God are that everyone believes in the name of the Son of God, um, that they will be saved, they'll be lifted up. So the work that God wants us to do is to believe in Jesus. So this song is called It's So Simple. Okay, and right. now here's Adam's Road, It's So Simple. Let's get started, guys. Be born 
Okay, well, and I thank you for playing that song again. If the uh, sound quality isn't that good on the listeners in here, please understand it's played for a CD, and they, they do sound much, much better, but they, they, I think you all sounded really great there. Praise God. Thanks. Now, man, I'd like to ask you just a couple of final questions here. What was it really like when you came to the realization that, you know, all these years you hadn't been serving Christ the way you thought you had been? Well, it was heartbreaking. It brought me to tears. And I think one of the things that God had to do with me before I could come to know Jesus was he had to bring me someplace really low before he could lift me up. Yeah. And um, uh, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And that's exactly what God did is he, he, he tore me down and he tore down the foundation that I had put all my trust and my faith in my entire life. And then he showed me how and why that was wrong through his word and convicted me that by the power of his word, which is sharper than a two-edged sword. And when he convicted me of that, um, I just had this heart of compassion for uh, my fellow Mormons who, who were wholeheartedly still believing this. But at the same time, I wept on behalf of, of all my works that I had, or, or all of my quote-unquote works that I had spent my life doing that were fruitless uh, because they weren't glorifying God. They weren't testifying to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was it was a difficult thing to do, but it was so beautiful to feel the warm embrace of Jesus Christ and his love uh, and uh, be born again in spirit through putting my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, one of the things that the bio said there that um, I just want to touch on briefly was that I didn't know I was saved and I was hoping that I could earn God's forgiveness through the Mormon religion. And so I had an evil conscience that was plaguing me. And what happened was I came to realize and understand that Jesus Christ was the answer and that I needed to put my trust in him alone for my salvation. And once I did that, my heart was cleansed through putting my faith in Jesus Christ. And that evil burden and that, that conscience that, that was plaguing me was just cleansed immediately. And I love, like I had mentioned, Hebrews was such a powerful book. And it was coming to understand that Jesus was uh, was the mediator between me and God. I came in, uh, from a religion. I grew up in a religion where uh, I went through a man, other than Jesus Christ, I went through a man to hopefully become justified before God. But uh, I came to uh, to understand, for example, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says, since then we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who has who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so when God brought me to a low place where I realized I was a sinner and that there was a day of wrath coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed, he also showed me his love and his mercy and his faithfulness. Um, that, that his word promises that um, we can know that we have eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. John 5.13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the requests that we have asked of him. Matt, what would you say to people out there who are like, Christians considering Mormonism or Mormons who are wondering about what they believe, what, what would be your advice to them? Yeah, first of all, for Christians who are considering Mormonism, 
I would say um, you have been redeemed out of the world. Um, and uh, like a dog, if it vomits, uh, would a dog return to its own vomit and eat it up? Well, dogs do do that sometimes, but but God doesn't want us to do that. Um, he's He's redeemed us. He's He's um, saved us from the passions of this world and from the things of this world that are not of him. Uh, don't turn back to these things. And the Mormon church, though it, it outwardly uh, seems to be a reflection of Jesus Christ, it is not that. Um, Galatians uh, 1, 6 through 8 says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But then the Apostle Paul says, even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Okay, Mormonism is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a false gospel. And God warns of false gospels, false spirits, false Christs. And um, so um, my... My word of um, exhortation for them and for myself would be to stay grounded in God's word and a firm understanding, a firm confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is so simple and it's revealed in so many ways and so many verses in the Bible. But for example, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So if anyone comes and says, says that salvation is through any other way than through faith in Jesus Christ, and anyone comes and says that salvation is not a gift, but you have to work for it, we can know that's a false gospel. It's not what God says in his word, and that is something that we need to stay away from. But with love, we should reach out to the people who are trying to preach us that false gospel and try to show them in God's word, with the word of God, um, the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, as far as people who... Um, are in Mormonism, or were you asking if they're contemplating leaving? As, as, could you repeat that question? As, yeah, can I know what would you say to Mormons who who are in a state where they say, I, "I'm really not sure about Mormonism right now," or even once you think, "I am sure about Mormonism," what would you just say to Mormons in general right now? Yeah, I, you know, I've got so many uh, friends who I love who are in the Mormon church still, and over the years I've seen, since I've left Mormonism for Jesus Christ and for biblical Christianity, I've seen uh, some of my Mormon friends take different paths as they come to this kind of crossroads where they realize Mormonism isn't all that, that it was uh, proclaimed to be. One of them being, a lot of people end up becoming atheists, they, they, they give up on God, they feel like they were deceived, they throw the baby out with the bath water, whatever you want to say. And so this breaks my heart. Um, and so um, one of the things that I would say to people who are kind of in that boat where they've, they've studied and researched things on the internet about Mormonism, and they realize that their claims are not true. And so they start to question, was the Bible true? Um, the Bible is God's word, and it's so powerful. And, and my my um, advice for you would be to just get in God's word. Start with the New Testament. Start with the Gospels, and just throw out um, uh, everything about Mormonism, everything that Mormonism claimed regarding the Book of Mormon and the other things. But don't throw out Jesus Christ. Don't throw out the Bible. Don't throw out this foundation that has been um, around since Jesus came and revealed the Gospel of Jesus Christ and saved us when He came and died on. Across. Well, to any Mormons listening, I, I would add in that something I said to Lynn last week is that this first part would be to Christians, but when you meet Mormons, don't make it your point to destroy the Book of Mormon, although you should show weaknesses in it, 
make it your point to build up the scripture and let that speak for itself then. But to Mormons who are concerned about maybe this whole thing, everything entirely is a lie, it's false. I do recommend you can go through the archives I've got of this show where I interview biblical scholars on several, several topics. And I think you can find more than enough to certify for you that, uh, that Christianity is true. And now let's move on to another member of a band, Joseph Warren here. Now, Joseph, I see that you served a two-year mission in Florida, and it seems like it's around that same time that Micah served one. Is that a coincidence? Uh, uh, I don't think I don't it's, a it's a coincidence. I think, I think uh, God, God planned it that way. But yeah, we definitely served around the same time. Never were companions, but always were near each other. Now, how did... How did you come to get the uh, challenge of read the Bible as a child? Was it through a minister like Micah or some other way? Uh, actually, it was through Micah. Actually, um, after Micah got that challenge from that minister, then he started to, to share it with others around him. And uh, we were really close friends and stuff. So um, he started to just encourage me to read the Bible for myself for the first time. Mm-hmm. And... Was uh, your reaction at first kind of like Matt's at, okay, I got to get this guy straight here? <laughs> no, uh, in, in my in case, my case um, because, because we were, we were you know, just you know, both, both uh, missionaries at the same time, both, both, both learning, learning and stuff. And, stuff, and uh, I, looked I looked up to up him as a leader because, because in, in, uh, in the mission uh, system, you have, you have like different, different missionaries over a certain amount of missionaries, zone leaders, district leaders, things like that. And he was actually one of my leaders. So... When he, when he encouraged, encouraged me to read the Bible, Bible I didn't see, I didn't see it, it as, uh, I didn't see I didn't it as see a threat, as a threat uh, to, to my, my current, current beliefs, because, because in my mind, I thought, I thought that, that we did uh, uh, believe in the Bible. Bible. And, 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 and just to, to for the viewer, viewer or just or for the, uh, the uh, listeners, just so they, they understand that, that um, Mormons, Mormons, they, they, they will claim to believe in the Bible, but there's a clause on that. They believe in it, that it's the word of God as far as it's translated correctly. So, so in other words, it kind of casts a doubt on the Bible for us, for me, I'll say me personally. And so before that, when I read the Bible, I thought I had all the answers as far as the full the truth, truth from my religion. From my religion. So, when so when I read, I read the, Bible, the Bible, I wasn't I going, going looking for God to, God to, to, you know, correct me or show me or for me to even line myself up with what I read in the Bible. I was looking for confirmations for what I already believed. So uh, I was kind of blinded and I had never read the Bible uh, with the approach that Micah said to read it, which um, I definitely encourage if there's any uh, uh, Mormons or anyone listening that is relying on religion or has preconceived notions, um, I encourage you to, to just go into the Bible and approach it like a child, which means to like, like as if it was your first time reading it and um, be willing and open to be molded by God's word. Now, Matt said the book of Hebrews was extremely helpful for him. Is there any passage that really leaps out that opened your eyes yeah, um, yeah. There's one in Luke uh, 18, and um, 
and uh, Jesus, it's when Jesus gives the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, and they can, uh, any, any listeners, if you want to read it, you can, it's in Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, but the very last verse is really, I remember st- distinctly reading this as a missionary, um, and, and, I'll, and I will say too, when I was hanging out with Micah and stuff while we were missionaries, um, there were some times where we stayed in and read the Bible together, and we would like, you know, say, hey, I read this, what do you think about this, and bounce things off of each other and stuff, um, as we were both learning in the Word, and he was further along than I, because, you know, he became a born-again Christian while he was a missionary, where I, it was more, it was like six months later for me, so I was kind of following along, but a little behind, so I had a lot of questions, um, and he just and kept he pointing me back to the word. So, so anyway, verse 14 is the one that really stood out to me. And it just and says, it says that everyone, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And if if the listeners want to read that parable, uh, it's a really powerful um, example of a religious man and then a man that, that realizes his sin and... Um, and then and Jesus, Jesus says that the man who recognizes his sin, that just begs God for mercy, um, he's the one that's going to go home justified and not the religious man that claims to do all these works. And and so obviously just to, you know, emphasize the point made in Galatians that no one is justified by works of the law. So there's nothing you can do and no works you can do to justify yourself or, in other words, be declared righteous by God. Um you only can recognize your sin and ask God to forgive you and give you mercy, and then he will. So verse 14, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And in that religion, I was exalting myself. And so this one really hit me hard because I suddenly realized that I was exalting myself, trying to make myself good. And I never would be. And uh, I had to recognize my sin. And then when I finally realized uh, how sinful I was, um, then I found a a real need for Jesus. So that was definitely one passage that really uh, stood out to me. Now, let's uh, take a a break again with another little musical interlude. What do you have for us this time? Yeah, this time um, we have a song called... I would die for you. This is uh, from our album, Book of Life. And um, this is actually the first song that, that we as a ministry ever wrote. Um, and, uh, the, uh, and the vocal that you're going to hear here in this, in this song actually was recorded in my missionary apartment while God was doing a change in my life. Um, I actually sang the, the vocal for this, and we were able to use it. And, uh, and this and is this sung while, while I was not, I was saved. not saved. And so it just so it speaks just to the amazing, amazing um, uh, the power uh, of God, power God and, and being able being to able work, work through somebody, somebody that didn't understand, didn't understand God's love, love and, yet and yet God used God it used to portray, portray uh, his uh, personal his and intimate relationship that he wants to have with each of us. So it's called I Would Die For You. And it's written, um, and just really quickly, uh, at the end of Micah's mission, he stood up, he stood up in front of a room full of missionaries and and shared that Jesus was all that that any that he needed and that anybody needed to be saved. And uh, and then he asked the question um, for everybody to ask themselves: uh, Don't you think that while Jesus was on the cross that he saw your face? And don't you think he looked into your eyes and said, I love you, and I would die for you so that you could live. And I I was one of those missionaries. I wrote down that question, 
and then and so then, later so it later became, it this, became song, this song but uh, but, uh just as you, just as you listen, to, listen this song, to this song, just think about, think about the personal relationship with Jesus that you have. And if you don't have one, then then uh, I encourage you to let him into your life. Uh, so here you go. I would die for you. Adam's vote, I would die for you. Don't you feel 
I would die for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joseph, uh, your uh, friendship with uh, Micah has been very helpful to you also because he not only introduced you to Jesus, he introduced you to his little sister also, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, reluctantly, yeah, reluctantly, yeah. Yeah. And, and does he regret that today? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Probably in, Probably in a few ways, I'm sure. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's, it, it's great. Actually, and, and it's cool because he's actually a state notary, so he actually married us, too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, we, I mean, I kind of a situation of a guy who introduced us to each other was the same one who married us because he was, he's ordained. So that worked out well for us, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Question I, last question I have for you right now is the last one I have for Matt. What do you have to say to Mormons and Christians out there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. so to Mormons, Mormons um, I would just I would say, say uh, that, uh, that uh, well, first well, of all, that, 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 that we love you, love you um, uh, that, and we really understand where you're coming from, and we, us in Adams Road, we have nothing but love and compassion and understanding for you, and so just let you know if if you have any questions, if you'd want to know more about why we left, or if we can help you in any way, we want to do that. And so, uh, but also, uh, just to, um, just to, to listen to the Holy Spirit and trust in the Bible, um, because, um, our goal, uh, what we try to do is we try to help somebody find a relationship with Jesus that's personal, independent of any religion and allow that to lead them out of whatever religion they're in. Um, and so, uh, what we just would say is, uh, Jesus gives that invitation in Matthew 11 to come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And all of our lives we tried, and I personally tried to, to, um, uh, to work and, uh, to, to make myself, uh, right with God, to be righteous by my works. And, um, 
if you were anything like me, then you probably felt like you were always falling short. And uh, the reason why is because none of us can live up to God's standard because God's standard is perfection. So only Jesus did and uh, could and did. And so he lived a perfect life and then died in our place as a substitute. And all we have to do is accept that substitute and uh, trust in Jesus. And so I would just say to any Mormon people listening just that uh, Jesus loves you and he died for you and he wants a personal relationship with you and it, it needs to be independent of religion because uh, for, uh, religions like the Mormon church um, they put men in between you and God and they put works and things that you need to do in between you and God and it makes it very difficult to have a personal relationship with Jesus and so I'm not saying that you that you that all Mormons that no Christians Christians exist in the Mormon church, but if you are a born-again Christian and you're still in the Mormon church, then you will be leaving because you'll realize Jesus is all that you need. So there's no need for a religion and no need for uh, to belong to this certain church or these works and things like that. I would encourage you to read the Bible because it is God's word. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, so sometimes it's going to hurt and uh, sometimes it'll convict you. Um, but just understand again that we have all been there and we understand. So if you have questions, we want to be available for that. And then I would say to the Christians, um, that you please just love, love the Mormons when they come to your door, the missionaries come to your door. Uh, if you have Mormon friends or family, uh, members, um, then try to do what I do with my family. My Most of my family is still in the Mormon church, um, all but one sister. And so I love them with the love that Jesus, only Jesus gives and supplies. And then I look for opportunities to share God's word with them, encouraging them to read the Bible like a child, like I did. And, uh, and always, and always, you know, just praying for, praying them, for them, but, um, but above all, just all showing, showing that love, that because, because um, if you love them, you, love them, you will tell them the truth the about, about Jesus and the good and news, news, but also, but also um, uh, in the way that you do it. Like in my case, my mom, mom uh, she's very she's sensitive, very sensitive to, to what she would what call she would contention if she senses any kind of... Uh, you know, just, just anything besides gently, gently speaking and talking and stuff, then she shuts down. And so that's the true thing with a lot of Mormons. And so I would encourage Christians to, to be gentle. Uh, Paul gives some guidelines in, um, in Timothy and, uh, that I, uh, let me just uh, read this really quick here, because I think this is a really good advice uh, to follow when you're sharing the gospel with Mormons. Um, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Uh, so that's what I would say to the Christians, that just, just love them and gently... Um, share the gospel and truth and love to them and uh you know and just and think about us and remember that we were once missionaries just like those guys very sincere uh, believing in what we were teaching and saying yet um god drew us out of that religion into a saving relationship with jesus and it was through the power of god's word and it was through christians not being ashamed of the gospel so um that's what i would probably say Let's move on now to JP, who is the newest member of the band. Uh, JP, you 
saying here that you began seriously investigating, and after three years, you joined the Mormon Church. What did that serious investigation entail? So that entailed, I had a friend in high school, um, I went to high school with about 1,600 students, and there were only, I think, three Mormons, and so I, I met my first Mormon uh, my, my junior year of high school, and in the beginning, I, you know, I, I tried to, to warn her of Mormonism and, and what, what she said, and I think what a lot of Mormons say is, oh, you know, we believe very similar things, um, you know, we believe everything you believe, we just have a little more. Um, so that kind of enticed me, and I started looking into there, and, um, and you know, just, I saw some aspects of the Mormon church that I liked, like the unity aspect, the outward appearance of unity. And a lot of Mormons, um, I have a lot of Mormon friends still to this day, a lot of Mormons, they live their religion very faithfully. And that, um, you know, growing up in the Bible Belt, um, you know, sometimes I, I didn't see that as much um, around where I was with certain Christians, myself included. Um, and so that, that was attractive to me, is that they really live their religion. And so I started looking into that. And I think that was the initial... Um, aspect, aspect that really that caught really my eye about, my the, eye Mormon about the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. yeah, but did, did this include like any reading of the Mormon writings themselves, or anything contrary to the Mormon writings? Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I was, yeah, I was pretty, was pretty um, well educated well in the, the quote-unquote anti-Mormon anti material. material. Um, um, you know, I would, I would read. Um, all, of that, all of that, and, and uh, she, uh, she, before she before went she off to went BYU, BYU, she gave me a Book of Mormon, Mormon and wanted me to read it, so I started reading that um, while I was at Regent at University up in Virginia, and so, and while I was away, away from, from my family and friends, friends um, I kind of delved more into seriously considering joining the Mormon Church, so yeah, I read a lot of the writings, uh, of, of, previous of previous Mormon presidents, Mormon presidents. Um, mm -hmm. and current, uh, you know, current, current president, the prophet, prophet at the time, the time as they call him. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, yeah, I, I was, was uh, well versed well in, in um, a lot of that. Now, while you were apparently suffering in Hawaii, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, suffering uh, for, the for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, you uh, can't you. Came in to a way that challenged your thinking, which included even reading Unveiled in Grace. How did you get to a point, being on a Mormon mission, I'm guessing, of reading Unveiled in Grace? Yeah, yeah. Good, question. good question. So, so the first, the first five, five months of my mission, of my mission I, I really loved. Really loved. Um, I was, was gung-ho gung about everything that I was that teaching. I felt like I had an upper hand on most missionaries because I was a convert, and I knew how to, quote-unquote, handle the... The Christians, the Christians who would throw things my way because I had been there before, and, and I was going to you know, make a lot of converts of, of Christians over to Mormonism. Even I was thinking my family would join Mormonism at some point, but probably month five of my mission, I was actually able to go to my sister's wedding. My sister and I have always been close, and that was one question she asked me before I went on my mission is if I would be able to come back for her wedding, because a lot of missionaries aren't able to go home, even if a death in the family happens. So that was a big question for me. So right when I got to my mission, I asked my mission president about that. Um, and because of my unique situation and being the only family member 
or the only uh, member of the Mormon church in my family, he allowed me to go back for a few days to my sister's wedding. And my sister is now a full-time missionary in Thailand with her husband. And so she's just... Christian missionary, to be sure, right? Christian missionary, yes. Um, and so, you know, just their whole wedding was just a very... Um, Christ-centered Christ ceremony. ceremony. They played some they played hymns, some and one of the hymns was Jesus Paid It All, which was, which was one of my one favorite of my hymns favorite growing up, being in a, being in a, a worship a team worship at my old church, church. We would play, we that, would a play that a lot. And it just reminded, it reminded me of, of, of how simple the gospel, the gospel is and, and how beautiful it is that Jesus would love us so much in our sin and in our arrogance and in our stubbornness that he would he would pay all of our debt. Um, so, that, so that so that we so that can, we can um, um, you know, that we can, that live, we can live with him and that we can have a relationship with him and be um, called clean and be called children of God. And so that just struck me and being around my family and friends, it all kind of reminded me um, of how well I had it being in relationship with Christ. And it reminded me that it was never about religion, but it was always about having that relationship with Christ. So on my way back to Hawaii, it was a 10-hour plane trip, and I had a lot of time to think to myself. So on the way back to Hawaii, I was just going over everything. Like, why why, did, why, why am I here? Where did I, where did I go wrong to get to this place? And so when I got back to Hawaii, um, I started writing all of these questions down and in my journal and looking, looking in the New Testament and trying just to answer questions. And, and when my companion uh, fell asleep, I would sneak into the, the church and get into the computer room and I would go online searching for um, just anyone who had been in my situation. And Unveiling Grace was one of the first things that came up and I had never seen that before. Um, because the book um, had only book come had out a month, month before, before I was searching. <clears throat> and so I found so I it found and, it, I, and I, I read everything, read everything I could online that they, you know, the preview. preview. And, and once that once was, was gone, gone, where I couldn't read any more online, I emailed one of my good friends and he sent me uh, a copy of Unveiling Grace. But so I wouldn't get caught. He duct taped the front cover. And um, <laughs> so, uh, so as, you know, to hide the. Um, the, uh, the title and what, what the book was actually about. So, so every once in a while, my missionary companions would see me reading this, this book with a, a silver front and back, and they had kind of had a curious look on their face. Well, before we go on with your interview, let's have another musical interview. What are we going to listen to this time? We are going to listen to a song called New Creation. Uh, it's based off of Second uh, Corinthians 5, 17, uh, where Paul says um, that anyone who's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Okay. And here's Adam's vote with New Creation. I am a new creation. The has passed away. Sprinkled clean by the blood 
That one, uh, when you hear the girls singing, that is their sister Katie, my wife. So, yeah, I, I was about to say, most of us who've been listening, I've been hearing this, uh, this, these boys singing, and we think, okay, that doesn't sound like one of the guys exactly. Well, that's that's Joseph when he hits his real high voice. Yeah, I'm still going through puberty, so. Yeah, I'd like to remind everyone that right now you're listening to the Deeper Waters podcast. I am your host, Nick Peters. We're talking with Adams Road, a musical ministry to Mormons. But if you're listening next week, we're going to do something else that's different. We're going to be having an in-house debate, actually, on the nature of hell. 
Is it annihilation or is it some form of eternal conscious torment? On the annihilation side, we're going to have Chris Date coming in with the Apologetics podcast. Who his opponent's going to be? Well, I've got a couple possibilities lined up. None of them certain, but one of them at least will definitely be on. So be tuning in as I try and take my first shot at moderating and hosting a debate. So I hope you'll be listening. Now, JP, so you're reading Unveiling Grace here, and I'm I'm guessing you left your mission early. What exactly happened? I did leave I did early. Leave actually, early. I would actually, still be in Hawaii, Hawaii if I had not I had left, left early. And, early. and I, I right now it's kind of kind of chilly. I know 60 degrees in Florida isn't too chilly, but oh, be quiet. So yeah, I was I was reading Unveiling Grace, and you know, over this time, God had just kept reminding me of of who he was and what salvation really is and what what the grace of Christ really is like because while I was in the Mormon church I had I had started kind of you know seeing myself as this righteous person doing all these righteous things but God was reminding me of who of who he was and and so I was I actually was in contact with Adam's Road because in the back of Unveiling Grace they have all of their ministry information and so I wrote them a letter and Micah wrote me back and in the letter he just talked about um, how both he and I's number one need was for Jesus Christ and to follow him at all costs and so you know that was just a great encouraging um, message and I, I actually called him a couple times while I was on my mission as well and and so at some point I really just felt that the Lord led me to um, contact my mission president my Mormon leadership on my mission um, to really discuss what I what my deep beliefs are um, and so I met with him a couple times he was very nice about it um, a very humble guy and and so he was just you know letting me think things over and he wanted me to pray about it and, um, so after our so second after our meeting second about, meeting about really, telling really telling him that I that I, that I knew that, that, I salvation, knew that salvation was by grace alone and we didn't need um, all of these all extra, extra steps, steps in order to in be order saved, to in order to be reconciled to God. And so a few days so after few our days second after meeting, I gave him a call and I told him it's time for me to leave my mission. And he really, he respected that decision. And he got back with me and he had my flight information and and so I was and home, so I was in, a, home in, a in a couple days couple after days I called after him. him. So that's so that's, that's kind of how I kind of how it happened. And then you shortly afterwards, I'm guessing, went to Florida and joined Adam's Road. So they they, so decided, they, they to decided to kidnap me on their way back, way back. Um, home uh, from one of their tours, and I've been trying to get back home ever since. No, but um, but they they offered for me to come down to Florida for a week or so just to unwind and spend time with these guys and then it really just was in in the um, in the Lord's timing and Lord's plan for um, and everything just worked out and uh, so you know I just I guess I just decided to stay <laughs> I don't think I really had a choice in it but um, so yeah I, I've been with with Adams Road now since uh, uh, mid-September and it's it's been a journey yeah you got this sort of sash on your picture it's got a cross on it that never would have happened as a mormon would it no, no i don't i don't, I don't think, think so i think, think they, they definitely, definitely hold, hold the, the emphasis, emphasis on his, on his 
on his suffering and his sacrifice in the Garden of Gethsemane, but but for us, uh, we, we, we know it's at the cross where everything was performed and, and death was finally conquered. So, um, what's your advice been to Mormons and Christians who are listening? Oh, wow. Um, I, I have a lot of Mormon friends, and... I would say I would just say pursue, just pursue Jesus, Jesus and really learn really who learn Jesus, Jesus says he is, says he is in, the in the New Testament and who the, and apostles, who the apostles say Jesus, say Jesus is, is um, and, and what that, what means, that for means for us. For us. And, mm-hmm. and learn and read what the apostles say that salvation is. And if you really submit your life to Jesus and what salvation is, um, uh, there'll be some uncomfortable moments and 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 really finding the truth, but it's worth it because it's all about having a relationship with Christ and not being in a religion. Um, and it's the most fulfilling thing um, that that you could ever experience. And for Christians, I would say just continue to love and to continue to show people who are trapped in certain religions that that when we live out a life of discipleship of Jesus, of following Jesus, what that really looks like, um, and that that we can have joy, um, and that the joy is is fulfilling. And and whenever, um, if you know Christians run into Mormons, just show them the love of Christ. Offer them. Um, a drink, offer them food to eat, and offer them hospitality. Because like Joseph said, you know, we were in that that position at, at some point, really believing what we were teaching, and it was um, seeds planted by Christians who showed us love and showed us the Word of God. Um, that that's where we are today because of that. Yeah, I was actually telling Lynn last week that when I lived in Charlotte while attending seminary. And then I was living with a roommate because um, we forgot the time we made when we agreed to be roommates to add in a clause that what happens if one of us gets married? So that, that, that kind of changed our plans a little bit. But we had Mormons come by a few times and I told or what we always did was we'd stop at Little Caesars, for instance, pick up a pizza, get some Gatorades, have them come over and we'd all talk together. That's and, awesome. Yeah, in fact, there was one time said the. Mormons couldn't come to us, and so he said, we're just going to have to cancel, and I said, where are you? And yeah. they told me, where I said, I can come pick you up. Okay. And when awesome. Pick awesome. Them up, and well, I also figured out, when I'm driving with them, then, I've pretty much got them hostage, and I can tell them the gospel the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea to treat Mormons and I'd add in oops like Jehovah's Witnesses and others as honored guests for the time being. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's that's a great way to look, great at, way it. To look at it. Now, um, let's talk to it's all of you as a whole, man, and you all just speak as you see fit and such a so I mean Micah and Matt leave Mormonism. If it, it it's not a natural progression to be in Florida and just immediately say, Hey, let's form a band. How did how did this all happen? Yeah, so it's kind of by the grace of God. I, we really feel he orchestrated the whole thing because um, I don't think we could have pulled it pulled it together like that or would have been able to conceive of it. Um, the way it kind of happened is that all of us in the ministry, we happen to have a background in music, music to begin with. And uh, when we uh, were called into Jesus, we also kind of felt called into uh, using our gifts of music to glorify God. 
one of the other common denominators being that um, someone else who Micah knew, uh, who was a Mormon, uh, lived in Winter Garden, Florida. And um, uh, he, uh, God laid it on his heart to kind of offer a home base or a place uh, for some of us as we're coming out of Mormonism, because this Mormon ended up becoming a biblical Christian um, by the grace of God through Micah's testimony of Jesus. And so um, we ended up at, at this working at this bed and breakfast in Winter Garden, Florida, which has kind of uh, supplied our um, living expenses and allowed us to uh, be able to grow in, in our uh, knowledge of Jesus Christ over the years and get to a point where God has called us into full-time ministry. And uh, that was back in 2006. And so obviously um, uh, we've been doing this for a while now. How did the name Adam's Row come about? Who came up with that? Uh, well, it just comes from, uh, the Bible tells us that sin and death entered the world through the first man, Adam, and that, uh, that Jesus was, is like the last Adam that through him come, uh, comes life. And, uh, so that one act of, of righteousness that Jesus did then brings life to everyone. So Adam's road is like, uh, the road that Adam started, that we're all, a, a walking on because of our sin toward the cross and that the road of sinful man ends at the cross. So, mm-hmm. now, You've been doing this then if you started, you started in 2006 or 2007 or 2006. Yeah. So you've been doing this for about eight years now. Yeah, correct. And everywhere you go, you pretty much go free of charge, don't you? Yeah, we go yeah, we completely go free of charge. Free of charge. Mm-hmm. And, and so then when we get to the donation part of this phase, you all do rely heavily on donations, but you also do get to go into Mormon territory sometimes, don't you? Yeah. 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 We go yeah, to Utah, go to Utah and, and Arizona, 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 Idaho, Idaho uh, California, California even has a lot of uh, Mormon population there. And we try to tour uh, uh, in we, we tour uh, every year in the summer months, um, and uh, we do um, a tour about four months of the year, and then we do uh, local stuff uh, in the other times of the year. But um, yeah, in past years, we've actually spent an entire month uh, sometimes in Utah, um, and uh, you know, just reaching out to the Mormons uh, right there. So when you're doing this, is it because someone in Utah has invited you or do you just drive through and see what happens? What, how exactly does this come about? Um, well, we actually do all the booking ourselves, uh, but a lot of it, you know, like, like Matt said, we've been doing this for a while. So, uh, a lot of it is referrals from word of mouth, uh, people that, uh, know churches or people in Utah or in different places all around the country. Um, that they think will be benefited from our testimonies and our ministry. Because not only do we minister the gospel to any that are unsaved, uh, especially those that are in Mormon or any other kind of religion, uh, but the second part of our ministry is that we educate Christians on the differences between a religion like Mormonism that's works-based versus the Bible and what the Bible teaches us about Christianity being uh, a free gift. Uh, of salvation. Uh, of salvation. And, so, and so um so our so testimonies our actually work as a very uh, good encouragement to Christians reminding them of grace and uh how easy it is to take uh, take it for granted. So um our ministry kind of does both of those things so anybody that's blessed by 
our ministry, then they refer us to other people all around the country, and then we start booking the tours from there. Now, there are some good Christian churches, which some people might be surprised to hear about, in Utah, and I'm guessing you've got to perform at a number of those, haven't you? Yeah, we have yeah, been we uh, going out to Utah, Utah since 2008, and have been there every been there year except for one except year, year, and we usually are out there for a span of at least five to six five weeks. Six weeks. Mm -hmm. What's it like for these churches that are out there in Mormon country? Well, I think it's well, very think it's exciting very for them. It's exciting for us. And it's uh, mutually encouraging for, for, for us as a ministry and for them. It's refreshing. Um, it's a reminder of the grace of God. Um, it helps to instill a heart of compassion towards their LDS uh, family and friends and gives them hope that a God can reach even a zealous Mormon and, and, and uh, 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 fill them with the knowledge of God's grace and bring them into a personal and saving relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm guessing if you're... A Christian in Utah living surrounded by Mormons, you're more prone to really have to know what it is that makes Christianity unique, aren't you? Yes, I'm sure yes, you I'm are, because sure I'm sure you're, sure you're confronted with that on a daily, daily if not if weekly, not weekly uh, basis. Uh, basis. Um, um, and so, uh, and so my guess, uh, my guess is, uh, uh, my hope would be that Christians in Utah are very familiar with some of the basic doctrinal differences between biblical Christianity and Mormonism, because if you're not, uh, you're in danger of uh, being drawn into kind of the social aspects of Mormonism that looks so inviting um, and appealing on the outside and, and not uh, recognizing or, or um, paying attention to the doctrinal differences, which can be so dangerous. And that, that's the kind of thing JP was talking about. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess this would also include the fact that Micah was fortunate enough to come across pastors who really didn't know what they were talking about. And it really is especially essential that leaders of the flock be able to know what makes Christianity Christian, what makes Mormonism not, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, the, the pastors need to know. Um, what's what's pretty unique about uh, Micah's testimony is that he actually, even though he was given that challenge from the minister, um, that uh, all of the teaching and understanding of the gospel and everything came straight from God's word, which is just an amazing thing. Speaks to God, God's sovereignty and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, being able to teach us all things. Well, let's go ahead and take another time for a musical interlude. What do you have for us this time? Okay, uh, this time we have a song called No Greater Love. Um, this is from uh, one of our earlier albums, and uh, and then we just released a, an album, uh, I think, uh, last year um, called Resurrected the Best of Adam's Road. So this is a great one if you guys want to download this. Uh, this is the best uh, of all of our previous of albums. Previous so, albums. So, this, uh, this uh, No Greater Love, no greater just love, speaking about how when Jesus said that uh, greater love has no man than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us and what we are called to do for each other. So, No Greater Love. No Greater Love, Adam's Road. Him, acquainted with grief for us. 
Adam's road of no greater love, and I'd like to remind everyone at this point that everything that I do on this show is listener-supported through people like you, and I really encourage you to please go to deeperwaters.wordpress.com, my blog page, and click on the donate button, and when you get there and click on it, you'll be taken to Risen Jesus. Well, have you gone to the right place? Yes, yes, you have. You can make a donation there, and then you email me, or you email... Debbie Lacona, the financial guru at Risen Jesus, and say, hey, I made a donation. I want to go to Nick Peters. I want to go to Deeper Waters, and they'll make sure we get it. It will be tax deductible, and if you can become a monthly donor, that means the most to us. We would love to have some monthly donors come in so we can keep doing this, doing this show, everything we need to do. Because like I said, we don't get any income from this. We count on you all. There are other ways... Also, you can buy some of my ebooks on Amazon. Defining Inerrancy, of course, is the latest one that I co-wrote with my ministry partner. I do have one coming out soon on Dialogue with an Atheist God and Natural Disaster, the Christian and Atheist Discussing Evil, which is a series of emails that we had back and forth. And I've also got yet another one coming called About the Apostles' Creed. I'm not sure we have a title for it yet, but it's going to be 
the blog posts that Rotary Apostles Creed are combined together, and we got we were very fortunate that Robert Cobb, who's been on the show, agreed to write the foreword to it. Now, uh, well, you guys here, you got your own ministry here. Or I'd like to remind also, it just skipped my mind, but you can also buy books from our Amazon page. And I think Unvarying Grace is on there, and we get some of our proceeds. But for you guys, uh, everything you do is supported by donations also, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, we go around and we travel and we share gospel presentations uh, free of charge. And by the grace of God, um, we've been supported through love offerings to be able to continue as a ministry. And then all of the love offerings go towards um, the expenses while we're on the road, as well as um, towards the materials, the ministry materials that we give away for free that include free CDs and, and DVDs, uh, testimony DVDs and Bibles and so on. Now, if, someone wants, if someone wants to donate to you all, how do they do that? Uh, yeah, they can get uh, on, yeah, our, website. Can get on uh, our website. Uh, there's uh, um, a place on our website that says donate, and you can, like you said, you can sign up for a monthly thing, or you can just, you know, just send it like that. It pays through PayPal. So, um, yep, if, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to support it, we would love to, uh, to, to receive that. Now, you were talking about this last song, and you mentioned downloading an album. If people want to go and download the album, that's absolutely free, isn't it? Absolutely free, absolutely yep. Free. Yep. 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 Right from our right website, from our you website, can find all seven, seven of our albums, albums, including there's some Christmas, Christmas stuff, stuff, there's some instrumental albums, and or you can also email us. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. There's a there's a little store on our website that you can order a bunch of materials, and we'll mail it anywhere in the world for free, and they're all free, so... Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely encourage definitely you to check that, check that out if, if you have, if you have uh, any uh, interest in that. Now, to the listeners out there, I'd like to say that I've always said about this show that if you benefit from it, please consider making a donation. And I'd say the same with Adam's vote. If you're finding this beneficial, if you think the ministry that they're doing to Mormons is beneficial, please make a donation. Now, when you are have been out there, let's give them some reasons they can make some donations. What what are some of the changes you've seen? Have you have you seen some impact? Have you seen Mormons come to Christianity because of what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. JP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I would be here if they if God did not work through their lives and they allowed God to work through their lives. Um, so, yeah, a good, a good, uh, good example is me being here talking with you. So, definitely. Can you tell us some examples of some times of great ministry on the road you remember? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had this, uh, I think, let me see. Maybe two or three years ago, I can't remember exactly, but there was this uh, this young guy uh, in Idaho, and he was going to uh, he was going to BYU Idaho at the time, and um, and his uh, girl he had a girlfriend that was going to uh, Biola University in California, so she was a Christian, and he had gone yeah so so she was like she'd been witnessing for him to him for a while and stuff, so he ended up going to visit her at her college one time. And got, and, and got witnessed to witnessed by, uh, by two other guys, two other guys or, or, or two other people there at the, uh, there at the college. college. Ended up giving his life to Jesus and then coming back. And then 
realizing in, in horror that, that you, know, you know how is he gonna how is he gonna get out of the the religion now because he was getting ready to go on his mission his parents were pushing for it and he attended BYU Idaho so he thought he might lose you know his schooling and uh, so anyway he found out uh, from us because we were friends with his girlfriend uh, from Facebook and stuff and so she told him about us and had him come and visit us and before one of our church events uh, in Idaho and we spent um, a couple hours talking with him while we set up for uh, for the church and then went out to dinner with him and we just we just spent uh, just maybe three or four hours afterward just just uh, answering any of his questions and encouraging him to pick take up his cross follow Jesus you know lose his life so that he could find it and he had already um, uh, you know, um, uh, no, uh, made, the made the decision for Christ, but now it was the the reality of acting on it. And it was just really neat to see because it was a struggle for him at first because he he knew he might lose everything. And and but he started sharing it with his family. I think a year later, we met his mom who who came to see us when we were in Utah. And she she was visiting for some reason. And she was having questions at that time or she was a Christian, I can't remember which, but uh, God has just started this domino effect where now he's still going to BYU-Idaho, but he started this uh, kind of underground Christian movement in BYU-Idaho and, and uh, allowing, you know, where they're, where they're reaching out to uh, fellow students that are struggling or having questions about Mormonism and giving them a, pla a safe place to talk and answer questions. And he is being trained by um, a local pastor there that used to be Mormon. So God has just like really just blossomed this guy. And uh, he started his own ministry there. And uh, it's just really neat to see some of the fruit. A lot of times we just plant the seeds and then we leave. Um, and then the local body gets to um, to see what happens and, uh, you know, cultivate and water those seeds and, and then um, and then disciple those people. But sometimes we are blessed to be able to see some of the results of the seed planting. And uh, it's just really exciting to be a part of that. I found it pretty interesting here about the girlfriend attending. Biola, the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, yeah. that, that's really a, a hotbed of Christian apologetics right there. So a Mormon going in there is really going into the lion's den. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was pretty brave. pretty brave. But he had questions, he had and questions. yeah, so it's just yeah, really, so exciting really exciting what happened. Now, when you're traveling, sometimes, like you said, you've gone through a Mormon territory. Have you ever experienced any hostility? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, well, there was one thing in Arizona, uh, it was kind of a sensitive, uh, situation where, um, uh, this church was really promoting, uh, an event that we were going to do at a public high school, which was really, uh, really cool, uh, that it was going to be a public school. And, uh, but and, what had uh, happened what had the happened week before, before, there was, uh, there were some, uh, there were some uh, deaths, uh, deaths of some of the students. Of the it was students. just an accident, an but accident, some, of some of them were Mormon. And so, and so uh, the, the, um, local the local Mormon church, church there, uh, were really, uh, were really opposed, opposed to us coming into the school and, 
and sharing our testimonies. They even picketed the church that was sponsoring it and everything. And so all this led up to it. And in fact, we have a DVD called Unveiling Grace, which features our testimonies that we offer free of charge. And this church had ordered, I think, like 5,000 of them or something and, and distributed them door to door in their in their area. So they were really, uh, really pushing for this um, and for our ministry to come there and stuff. So then, so while we're there at the school, uh, then this Mormon gentleman got up and interrupted in the middle of somebody's testimony and just started to address the audience and tell them that Mormons were Christians too. And, uh, and so we basically, we just let him talk just a little bit, uh, and say his piece and then we kind of um you know just gently encouraged him to stick around and we would love to talk to him afterward and stuff but we needed to continue the ministry and then the pastor ended up taking him in the back and they prayed and talked a little bit and then he ended up leaving but it was uh it was a really uh a, a cool experience because um just to see that uh you know that there are mormons that come to our events and some are seeking and some uh maybe just want to cause trouble or something like that but but we think that you know i mean he heard the gospel so we think that uh god's will will be done and and maybe those seeds will be planted and watered in his heart and uh you know never know what happens so uh and you know when we go to utah we get harassed a little bit by the cops and stuff like people will call a uh, cops on cops us and on say us that, that, that their bus is their loud bus or something because we have a generator in the bus. So, the bus. so um, you, um, know, you know, things like things that, but, like that, but, you know, we're just, you know, we're, just we're, not, we're not, we're not afraid, uh, uh, like in danger, uh, like, like physical danger or anything like that. I mean, we just trust that God is going to protect us and provide however he wants to. And if it's our time to go, then hey, we'll go. Now you do travel all world. We've mentioned that you've gone several states out west into the Mormon area, but you're just as fine going some places like in the south or in the New England territory, anywhere like that, right? <clears throat> yeah, we um, do spend a lot of time in the Mormon heavy areas, but we don't limit our ministry to there. Uh, we uh, travel all around the country in the northwest, the, the, the northeast, the southeast, the midwest, all over. Um, and uh, this is because um, we feel a big part of our ministry is um, ministering to uh, believers, equipping them, uh, being an encouragement for them uh, so that they can um, be uh, refreshed uh, by the grace of God and their efforts to reach out to their unsaved family members and friends. Um, at the same time, um, whether uh, we're in Mormon heavy, heavy territories or areas where there's not a lot of LDS people, um, there are unsaved people everywhere, and, and our heart is, is for um, the Great Commission, um, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever God opens doors and leads us to do so. Now, if there was someone out there listening and said, hey, I, I really would like to see these guys come to my church, how do I get in touch with you so I can do that? Uh, you can get on our website and email us through the website. Um, the email is info at adamsroadband.com. And if you email us, uh, we will uh, get back in touch with you and see if we can work something out. Uh, we are making plans for our 
2015 uh, touring seasons, uh, which are going to, going to include going through many areas of the West. We're going to be in Utah, Idaho, California, uh, Lord permitting, all these areas, and also in Arizona, Texas. Um, later, later on in the year, next fall, we're uh, planning, if, if the Lord wills, to be in the Midwest for a while and then uh, to be in the Southeast. Well, you need to let me know if you're going to be in Tennessee anywhere. Uh, we'll probably be driving through Tennessee, so uh, we would be very interested in making a stop there. Well, if you pass through Knoxville, let us know. We'd be glad to come and meet up with you. And I've already talked with my wife that we've thought that sometime, maybe for our fifth anniversary, we wouldn't mind coming to Florida and getting to do something with you are. And Lynn's certainly very open to that. Yeah, we would yeah, love for you guys to come down and visit us in Florida as well. Uh, as we mentioned, we do manage a bed and breakfast. It's kind of like our tent ministry. And I say tent ministry, uh, making reference to Paul, the Apostle Paul, for a while. He, he His profession was uh, being a tent maker, and he used that to help um, financially support himself so that he wasn't didn't need to be as much of a burden on the people he was ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ to. And in the same way, God has provided a means for us, um, for our families to have a place to live and to work. And then um, in addition to the bed and breakfast, we, we uh, do ministry um, and go around the country and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. One more time, Michelle, Ben, let's have a... Never music or interlude. What song do you have for us this time? Yeah, we have, yeah, we uh, have the last song the last we have song for you have is, for you uh, is uh, called God is Love. God this is, is we're going to end with one of the one songs of the from our our, uh, our very our recent very album. Recent um, um, and uh, and uh, it's just based it's on First John, John uh, chapter, uh, four, chapter 4, uh, where it says, uh, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So mm -hmm. that God's, very, God's essence very essence is love. Is so, love. so God is love. The yeah, Adam's vote, God is love.
God is love. I'm trying to feel like I'm a little bit of a DJ here in some ways announcing the song. Yeah. When you're on the road, I'm kind of curious, do do your wives normally come with you? I'm sure Katie at least does, and she does some of us sing. How about the rest of you all? Yeah, um, yeah, the, um wives, the wives uh, typically, uh, typically stay typically back stay uh, at, the at the hotel, keep it, keep it, uh, keep it uh, running, uh, you know, because you, know, you, you, know, you own and operate your own business, own then, business then, then if, if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. So, uh, only in this uh, only one, in this uh, one tour, tour have we had a wife come with us, so it was really neat for me to have my wife Katie to come along with us. Um, but now generally, yeah, our wives just stay back with our kids. Uh, though Micah usually has uh, his oldest boy Jacob, uh, who's six. No, he's seven now. Um, yeah, he actually yeah, yeah. has come with us on tour uh, since the, our, the conception of the ministry. So when he was one year old, he was coming on the road with us. So he's kind of grown up with that uh, with uh, that kind of lifestyle. But um, yeah, but then throughout the tour, uh, then some of the wives will come and, and visit, you know, for a couple of days or something like that. Uh, do Alicia and Nicole do any singing also? Uh, uh yeah they yeah, they, they sing, sing. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> yeah uh yeah, well uh, actually uh on that last song that we just sang god, god is love um there's a uh, the chorus there's a there, there's, there's a section at the end that's a choral section where it's like we put a lot of vocals in there and actually uh micah's wife alicia is actually singing a track on there um uh but 
uh, yeah, they they sing in the shower and sing, uh, you know, while cleaning and stuff. But I, you know, for themselves, I don't know if they would like to sing like. Like, you know, but Katie, you know, she but actually Katie, grew she up, actually grew uh, up, she was uh, like good in drama and, and, and has sung for a lot of her life. So, her life, so she, uh, she uh, you know, she's uh, really comfortable with it. JP, I didn't see anything in your bio about you having a, a missus yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope uh, uh, not, not, not yet. Yeah. And, and, and I, I can I'll tell go. from the, the laughter and background that. Your fellow band members never kid you or give you any a hard time whatsoever about that, do they? Only, only every only single every live single uh, event that we do. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph always auctions me off uh, during during the show. I think I think we've gotten up to like three dollars. <laughs> that's that's the highest we've gotten up to. So. Yeah, any single ladies out there, you can find them on Facebook. <laughs> yep. Well, it, if it's any consolation, when I lived in Knoxville, I saw all my friends around me getting married and saying, geez, when's it going to be my turn? Then when I moved to Charlotte for a while, I was the first of my friends to get married, so uh, it, it, it can happen. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. I'll keep, I'll keep praying. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that your fellow band members will keep offering their loving support and encouragement for you. Well, some call it encouragement, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you all do have quite a lot of fun like this, getting to travel together and give each other a hard time constantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it helps because we live together here in the hotel, so uh, the bed and breakfast. So, uh, you know, like, I guess with, with some traveling ministries and bands and stuff, you know, they all live separate lives and then they get crammed in a bus or, or a van and then hit the road. But for us, you know, we all love each other like family, like brothers. And uh, so uh, we get along pretty well, I, I would say. Yeah, except I'm sure somewhere JP is secretly planning your demise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not the easiest to get along with. I'm quite loud and clumsy, but, you know, the the guys, they they love me, I think. It grows on you. Like a fungus. So what do you think the future holds for Adam's vote at this point? Well, we're just waiting on the Lord, you know. We all feel like it's a lifelong calling, and so we're dedicated to just to continue preaching the gospel preaching in this gospel way in this until way, God until leads God us a different way, you know, but, but all of us but feel like, uh, feel we've like made full-time ministry, full our, our, uh, lifelong goal. I'm guessing you're also constantly working on new songs and new albums that you can put out. Yeah, we are. Yeah, um, we are. if you um, get on, on our, our website, there's an email newsletter that the listeners can sign up for. Um, and if you get on, if you sign up for that, then you'll know, when the new albums come out right now, we're working on uh, our brand new album, which is, if the Lord wills, will come out uh, this this coming summer, and then we'll tour with that, and we'll give free copies away uh, at each church event that we do. Um, but we're also working on, uh, currently we're working on a live DVD um, 
of of our church event so we're going to offer that free so that people can see exactly what we do and exactly what they're getting if they invite us to their church uh we're working on a new documentary that features our testimonies we're working on um instrumental uh videos uh, featuring live piano footage with lots of scriptures and different things so a lot of a lot of exciting things in the mix that uh you know we'd love to have you guys you know be aware of and uh, be a part of have you also considered putting these videos, or maybe you already have these videos or songs on YouTube as well, so that people can see them there and say, hey, uh, Pastor, you should really look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have yeah, we have we a have, bunch of videos on YouTube as well. And do we have a, a title in mind for this new album or any theme of it? Or uh, uh, Not quite yet. Not We're quite just kind of waiting on the Lord, but we we have begun writing several songs several at the moment, songs at so, the moment. so we, will, uh, we will update you uh, when, update we know. when we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, we've uh, been here for a while, and normally I'd start cutting things short about five minutes earlier, but there's three of you here, so we might take a little bit more time here. It, it's been a fascinating interview, and like I said, it's the first time we've ever done anything like this, and I certainly hope you all have enjoyed yourself from the after I've heard, it, it certainly sounds like you have. So uh, yeah. let's start uh, going through the motions of wrapping things up here. First off, if someone wants to find out more about you all and what you do, where do they go? Yeah, they can go yeah, to adamsroadministry.com. Adams uh, mm-hmm. Or you can even just Google can Adams can Road and you'll find, and you'll find uh, good uh, and bad. Good <laughs> and bad. <laughs> you'll find, you'll I'm find, just kidding, I'm you know, just kidding, you, you know. know. You have you have yeah, hecklers and yeah, stuff, but you'll find our ministry. You'll find, you'll find um, uh, us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Twitter Instagram, Instagram uh, just all the, social, all networks. the social networks. And we would love to and be your friend on Facebook. We'd love to have a message from you or email. If you have any questions, if you have a Mormon friend or family member that you are trying to reach out to, we have a page on our website called Ministering to Mormons that specifically gives just guidelines and kind of a tutorial of how you might. Uh, approach, it. approach it. And, and, and they will be happy to be your Facebook friends. After I read Unveiling Grace, I quickly found Lynn and her family on Facebook and sent friend requests. Cause, I mean, going for that book, it's like I knew the family already when I was done with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Adams Road has a Facebook, but also all of us individually have Facebook. So we'd love to uh, be your friend and um, communicate that way. Yeah, and since you talk about the good and bad, we, we can assure Micah that I will edit out all the snide remarks that you all made about him while he wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he can't yeah, defend, he himself, can't defend huh? himself, huh? Yeah, so we, we, we'll edit all of those out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, now, um, let's go back to you, Matt, here, since you were first interviewed. Uh, what's a, a final message you would like to leave behind for the Deep Waters audience here? Oh, a final message. Final message. I just say the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of uh, the message of the gospel to transform lives. Uh, You see uh, with the three of us here, you've got three guys who are uh, religiously zealous, um, who thought they had the truth, and God reached into our lives, each individually in specific and unique ways, and uh, revealed to us his grace and showed us uh, the simple uh, love and truth of the gospel, which is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so just embracing the simple truth that 
God loves us so much, and sometimes we complicate something that's so simple. And we, uh, Jesus is the door to heaven. He's the door to salvation. He says, come to me. There is no other way uh, whereby man can be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to God, the Father, except through Jesus Christ. And so uh, sometimes we, we complicate that, something that's so simple. Just come to Jesus, accept him, embrace him. He's knocking, let him in. And instead, we, we seek our own paths. We, we seek our own passions, and we try to earn our way into God's, into God's acceptance, into his love through works or through other things, or we think that other things will satisfy or fulfill us. But we found that uh, the world cannot satisfy us, a religion cannot satisfy us, but only the grace of Jesus Christ and only uh, his perfect love for us and only through putting our faith in Jesus Christ and, and accepting him and dying to ourselves and, and, and being raised into a new life, a new life in the Spirit, and living in the Spirit do we find life and peace and joy and fulfillment. And that's the, the, the joy and the fulfillment that we want everybody to have. And we, we pray for all men that they can know Jesus Christ in a very personal and intimate way as we have come to know him. Okay. Uh, Joseph, same question to you. What's the final message you'd like to leave? Uh, amen to what Matt said. Uh, 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 the scripture in Romans uh, 10, uh, and, it's, and if this is Paul talking about the Jews, um, he says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. And I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And he just goes on to explain that uh, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to all who believe. And so just just uh, like our, our Mormon friends and family um, members, that uh, they have a zeal for God, and, but it's not according to knowledge. And so just encourage uh, encourage the, the Mormons and, or anybody that's hearing this that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus uh, just to make him your testimony. Don't make him part of it. And uh, don't make him one thing that you believe in, but you believe in all these other things. Put all your trust and all your faith in him, um, and you won't be disappointed. So just just that Jesus has changed our life, and like Matt said, I hope that uh, Jesus will change theirs as well. And JP, same question to you. Yeah, so just to reiterate what, what Matt and Joseph were talking about, just the simplicity of the gospel and how beautiful it is that Jesus is offering something to us that we don't deserve and all we have to do is, is reach out and accept it. And um, like the, the man who's born blind from birth in John 9, you know, he has this encounter with Jesus and Jesus heals him and all of these people are asking him who, who this Jesus guy is and he says, I don't know, but... But one thing I know is that I was blind, but now I see. And that's our simple testimony, is that we were once blind, but because we had an encounter with the real resurrected Jesus, um, we can now see. And, and we, we're just offering that to, to anyone who, who is searching for this Jesus, is that he's, he's offering that, offering the ability um, to truly see who he is. Um, so, yeah. And probably add in that. You and I'm sure the rest of your band was like mine and one that you are available still. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Still, uh, still, uh, still looking. Still looking. <laughs> well, I'd like to remind everyone that next week we're going to be having an in-house debate on the nature of hell, whether it's annihilation or eternal conscious torment. It's going to be Chris Date against someone else. We've got a couple of candidates lined up. 
one of them will definitely need, be able to be here. So we're going to have someone. So if you're interested in this question and be here, but for now, uh, Adam's vote, it's, it's been great having you on. It's been a unique experience here. And I hope we'll see you back here again sometime. Yeah, thanks yeah, so much, Nick. So much. Yeah, we would love that, Nick. Love Thank that. you so much Thank for having us on. Having Thank us you, on. Nick. No problem. For now, I'm Nick Peters of the Deeper Waters Podcast. And until next week, I'm signing off.